on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. The bigger your organization gets, the more complicated things are going to get. Then the more important it is to keep things simple. So remove as much friction as possible. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host. Today, I've got James Gilman on the King stage. James, how are we doing? Doing awesome, Chaz. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I've got I got a full day today. A couple podcast recordings. You're my first. It's fresh first thing in the morning here. Got some strategic yeah. planning later this afternoon. But it's Friday, baby. Let's Happy go. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> James, I'm excited for you to be here. You you have a you have a story that is going to bring some value. I'm excited for you to share it. Tell us what kind of business that you have, brother. Yeah, I am the president of Perimeter Office Products here in Atlanta, Georgia. We were founded back in 2007 by a gentleman by the name of Mike Everett, great friend of mine and mentor. And so he he retired a couple of years ago, and I kind of filled filled his place. So that's awesome. And and from my understanding, you're obviously not new to the industry. You you were pretty successful kind of underneath that wing. And so yeah. I'm sure we'll get into some of that as well, part of the story. But before we do, I want to know at this stage in the game, I, I know you've done sales. I know you've, you know, you, you've kind of run the gamut underneath the leadership and now you are the leadership. <clears throat> but my question is, at this stage of the game, at this stage of success, even for you, your family, why are you still doing it? Why are you pushing as hard as you are? Why are you here? I think, I mean, my answer is probably going to be similar to a lot of other people is I, I love what I was able to accomplish and had so much fun doing it. And I feel like it's created so much value for my life, my family's life and new opportunities. Yeah. It's exciting to be able to see other people, you know, that I've helped and encouraged along the way, kind of come up and do the same thing and see the transformation in their lives and their family's lives as well. Yeah. That, that didn't start out like that though. I'm going to guess. No, it was like paycheck to paycheck is my, you know, beat up Honda going to make it to my next appointment. You know, am I going to have enough money to pay for groceries this, you know, this, this month. So definitely not at all. Several, several times where didn't know how things were going to happen. So, but kept grinding and there's been a lot of people who've poured into me. So I just feel an obligation to you know, return the favor to, to other people that were in my situation. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, that it, there's a fulfillment in that, you know, we, I was just on a podcast yesterday, I was a guest on a leadership podcast, and we were talking about this fulfillment that comes from <clears throat> inside of leadership, being able to pour into others. Um, but, but even in that, you can still be a good leader and not have the, maybe the maturity or what we call a king mindset, like a transitioned sure. maturity, right? Where, it's like part of your design, part of your purpose of like, no, this is like who I am now. I, I have to be able to pour out, aka, I have a kingdom around me and I got to take care of these people 
And it's not like really yeah. out of like a, like a, like a, oh, it's, it's like a task. It's like, no, no, no. Like put the weight right here on my shoulders. I got it. Is, is that how you feel too? Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, there, there has to be something outside of yourself. So something, I mean, when you're in the, in the thick of it and right. it's grinding and it, you're grinding and it sucks. If you're just doing it for yourself and nobody else, you're, you know, you're not going to have the motivation. Early on when I came on at Perimeter, there was a, um, another guy, he's actually our top salesman now, Kevin Hill. He and I were, he was my wingman basically. So I knew when I had a crappy day of appointments and, you know, went O for O, I'd give him a call up. And so I went through that grind knowing that he was on the other side, you know, working just as hard as, as me. So I think it's important to have kind of a bigger vision, a bigger goal yeah. outside of just yourself. Yeah. Well, like, just like you just said, when it's associated or connected even closely like that to another individual or a team, in this case, now you're obviously pouring out and leading a team. In that case that you gave is more of a peer to peer, like, Hey, we're in it together. We're going to the gym together. Don't you dare right. not show up on me. Yeah. But both are equally important because when you've got people counting on you in both scenarios, we just, we just kind of show up better. At least I do. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's 100%. Me. <laughs> no, it's a hundred percent. I, if, yeah, it's, it's important to have that accountability because yeah. we can, we can easily as individuals make excuses for ourselves and, you know, we judge ourselves based on intentions. Yeah, well, I intended right. to do that, but yeah. Do you find, I mean, cause I've, I, I love actually where we're going with this and we'll hang here for a second, but this, that we judge ourselves on intentions, but we judge other people on actions or results, right? Do you find that? Totally. Totally. How do you manage that? Yeah. How do you, how do you manage yourself in that? How do you, how do you manage others in that? Knowing that they probably have good intentions, but you're, you don't really care about those. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when prepping for the meeting, I was listening to a bunch of other podcasts. I cannot remember the, the granite, the granite guy's oh, okay. name, but it was, okay. he was, he was talking about his, his team. And one of the things that stuck out to me about that, that podcast was people are people, right? Yeah. And so often, I think people in leadership expect their people to be machines. And so sure. just to realize that, man, there's, you never know what could be going on in somebody else's life. What are their unspoken challenges and struggles that they've got? That's right. And honestly, I mean, it's, it's not really your, your business to know that it's your business to show up and understand and give grace and give encouragement. Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, there definitely needs to be accountability. And I think where I've really grown recently in my new role here at Perimeter is being able to properly set the expectations for my people. I, I really, for the first part of it, just kind of assumed that people knew what I wanted and instead of actually explicitly stating, yeah. hey, man, let's do this and this. Do you understand? Can you commit to me to do those right. things? Yeah. Which if you haven't done that before, that's kind of an uncomfortable thing at first. Yeah. But yeah. it removes so much hassle and headache and cleanup. Yeah. Later on down the road, haven't done that first. So. Yeah, you just laid it out in layman's terms. And so I think that we should just hang right here. This is so valuable. So if you're listening right now, uh, pay close attention because we're talking about something super, super applicable to managing people and to running a successful business, even building culture. So what you just said is the ability to be able to set proper expectations. And that's the language that I would have used up until two weeks ago. And when I listened to an audio on the difference between expectations and agreements, 
Mm. And so we set expectation of, hey, here's what needs to be done, which you said, but then you also circled up with it with the agreement. And so although you still called it setting proper expectations, which is what I've always called it up until two weeks ago, really what it is at the end part, that that uncomfortable part that you just mentioned, that's so important that I'm really wanting to hang here with the listener is that if you can make the agreement with them, hey, this this is the hope, this is the expectation. What do you think about it? Okay, great. Can you commit to this? Can you agree with me that this is the task? This is the timeline. This is the whatever we're talking about. This is the expectation. And then now you have a, an agreement that we're both in it together. And it's not just like I'm putting this on you that naturally somebody wants to rebel against anyway. What are your thoughts on this? No, it's spot on. I mean, it's about relationships, right? Right. It's not a dictatorship, right? Right. You're not going to be able to build culture. I mean, you can run a business by telling people what to do, but you're probably going to be spending more of your time replacing people and hiring and trying to train people. That's right. And I, I was watching a podcast. I remember Dana White, UFC. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what he's been able to build and do, you know, I love, love everything about that organization. Haven't talked about having a king mindset. That, yeah. that dude definitely does. But I, um, pouring into your people treat and, and, and having that good relationship with your team is absolutely invaluable. And I think that we saw it too, through the challenges we've had over the number of years where like our total economy and everything just kind of blew up and nobody knew what the heck to do. Right. The people who really were willing to dig in and hang on, and there had to be something else there right. in that organization that they stayed with some other reason. And I think that uh, you know, the majority of it is, it's about relationships, yeah. willingness to, it wasn't necessarily about money. It's like, I love my team. I love my culture. I love where I'm at and I'm willing to sacrifice or maybe do a little extra now, knowing that, you know, my, my company is going to take care of me. My people right. care about me. So yeah. it's about, yeah, there's, a, there's a, sure. a scene factor, right? Being seen, being heard, right. You're married. I'm married. I know we both got yep. young ones. And so there's this, there's this dynamic in, in all relationships, but it's kind of heightened in marriage, obviously, where it's like, no, I need to be heard. You need to be heard. We both need to be seen in those maybe love language ways, but that, yeah. that applies in leadership and business. It's like, totally. these are, these are real people on the other yeah. side. And the cool part is, is that, you know, eventually, like you said a few minutes ago, maybe they don't share some of those struggles or personal stuff or the things that maybe are going on in their world, but, but that that shouldn't be always like it is, right? Eventually what yeah, should happen yeah. is that you become a family. And at least at least if you're trying to do the things that we're talking about, right. people want to share. People want to have people in their corner. People want to be part of a community or a family. And it sounds like you are giving them an on-ramp to do that because if you don't give them space or an opportunity to come into an agreement, even just the practicality of it, it's just going to be just like, hey, do this. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, you, there's, there's no way that you're going to be able to scale if you have to be involved in every single decision in your business. Right. That's right. You have to be able to build trust with that next layer, next level of people around an agreed upon set of va- core values, right. an agreed upon set of rules that it's like, hey, man, I trust you. I, I think that you're the right person for this role. And not that I'm abdicating responsibility, we're still going to have regular talks and, and check-ins and I'm still going to ins- inspect, but right. do you have my full support to make decisions based on these core values, you know, for, and for, for perimeter, it's air, 
which is an acronym for accountability, integrity, and responsibility. Love it. Love it. It is teamwork, right? It's not just about you. You have when in your job, it's your responsibility to also understand how your you know role impacts other areas of the business. You know, for our delivery drivers, I expect the sales team to you know make sure they have all the information put in right, so the driver knows where he's supposed to go. <laughs> Customer care and all all around, right? So make sure that you you have a responsibility for that, your teamwork. And then at the end of the day, it's all about our customers. So being customer centered, removing the friction for our customers to do business with us, because without our customers, none of us would be here. Yeah. So those, those are our three things. So Love it. pushing all that onto, you know, my, the, the second level and trusting them to do it. Yeah. That's, that's how you're going to be able to scale. It's not, I'm not making all the decisions. Yeah. You know, I'm just cheering on my, my team that they're That's making right. the right ones. That's right. Well, I so much, so much great value right away. The listener is going to, hopefully they're, they're, they're taking notes already, but we still got, we still got more to go. So <laughs> let's go into your, into your story a little bit here. You know, you, you, you kind of came up the ranks, you know, you mentioned that you were in sales before and you were kind of running and, and gunning and, and hardworking grit. Give us a little bit just of your background, maybe even before. Yeah. So I went, went to UGA, go dogs. I got to start there. So after, after college, I actually went to school. Good time um, to be a dog fan. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so w- went to school for physical education. Okay. So I wanted to be a teacher. I told you earlier, I, I love playing. I love turning everything into a game, but uh, I also had, you know, financial dreams and goals and aspirations too. So those didn't I, line uh, up. Are you saying I went and I, I went into sales, <laughs> a buddy of mine long, long ago said, Hey man, you can make X amount of dollars. And that was more than what a starting salary was for a teacher. And so I, yeah, I, I started in basically it was search engine optimization, booking, booking appointments. So I kind of cut my, yeah. cut my teeth on smiling and dialing and trying to schedule appointments and that looking back on it now, I mean, that set me up big time yeah. to, to be successful in my industry, calling, yeah. setting appointments. So I realized that sales was probably one of the easiest ways for me to quickly ramp up, you know, my income potential. Right. And, and so that's, that's, that's where, it, that's where it started. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I had this, you know, similar feeling, obviously I'm, I'm not college educated like you. So, you know, you, you got one up on me, but yeah. the reality here is like, look, whether you come out of college like you did or me, I'm like, I don't know if that makes sense for me. We both landed in the same place going, well, what's the best way to make money? Like, yeah. cause at, at that stage in the game, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe my heart's desire is to play games and you know, that type of thing. But we got, we got some life to live here. I plan on having some kids. I need a foundation. Right. And so I just yeah. appreciate that hustle, that grit forward thinking, even just like the willingness to do something completely new for a short period of time, which has led to obviously other things. How would you say for you being now the president and, and there's obviously a growth factor, a sales factor that goes into leading a company for sure. Mm -hmm. But how would you say that sales prepared you for this role? Maybe even outside of just the growth mindset, or maybe is that, is that the biggest piece, but because there's a big difference between sales and, and, and being a a corporate leader. So give us the idea, like how, like how did that transition? Why did that, why does that equate? Well, I, I think that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you're always going to have to deal with people. Always. I mean, even in accounting behind, you know, you're not talking to anybody or doing anything. And and now 
even more so, I have the opportunity to work with a you know phenomenal accounting team, and I've been you know privileged to you know to have more time to actually talk and get to know that side of the house. We've got some amazing people that I, if I had stayed in sales, would have never really had the opportunity to start building those relationships and learning the things that they do, and right. that in and of itself has changed my perspective a lot. But yeah. it's in sales, everybody thinks, oh, I'm you know I'm not a people person. I don't want to go into sales. Some of our most successful salespeople here yeah. are not necessarily people, people, yeah. uh, but no matter where you go, I mean, it's, you're always going to have to deal with people, understand relationships, you know, understand how to connect with people, how to win sure. with people. So early on, I realized, and I was fortunate enough to have a number of people who poured into me, if you want to call it a mentor or uh, whatever, but uh, encouraged me to read a number of books and, you know, YouTube came early on the scene, what, 2007, eight, nine. I don't know how many tens of thousands of hours I've spent listening to, you know, YouTube videos, yeah. stuff. but that's, I think there's similarity between all, all roles because you've got people involved. So. Yeah, you're right. It's obviously a big connector in life. I, I loved how you put the communication piece, right? Because we're at whatever we're doing, it's the communication. It, it's a big reason why in my journey, I've I spent so much time in personalities, I've read a lot mm-hmm. of personality books, a lot of just, you know, how the brain works, optimism versus pessimism or pessimism, you know, like there's just certain things that we do naturally and, and that we can do that maybe are unnatural totally. and, and to know those things, even as a leader, know those things about myself, but then also about the people that I'm leading or the people that I'm trying to sell to it's the cheat code in totally a hundred, a hundred percent. And it blows my mind. Why? because I've seen it work like magic in my career. It's not magic. It's just how things are, but how more people don't know about that or are willing to spend time trying to, you know, to figure that component out in their own lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, 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 you're right. It's under, underutilized, undervalued. But if I'm, if I'm being honest, if I'm looking back at all the skill sets that I have, of course, I would say, you know, sales is, you know, that's what builds companies. It's what, you know, I made a, crap ton of money in sales before businesses and stuff. And so, but underneath that it's communication, it's understanding me, it's understanding the other person, how to modify in those situations to make it the easiest form of communication to where what I'm trying to say lands with them or understanding what they're saying so that I can fully get it. I think if, if I had to share with somebody, like if you don't fully understand your personality, how you do things. If you don't understand how to quickly, like immediately after just, you know, 20 minutes, we've been on this recording now for, you know, 20 minutes, we've been on the whole deal for 36. It's like, I got a pretty good feeling of who you are. You probably got a pretty good feeling of who I am. We don't know each other super well yet, but I can start making some decisions about how to communicate with you based on what we've been doing back and forth naturally. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. You find yourself doing this in a, in a leadership way. So kind of changing change this to like a, a business owner perspective and going, okay, so I'm hiring people, I'm building teams. You have current teams that you're even starting to get to know that we're already in place. That's a whole nother level of relationship oh, yeah. and communication. So just kind of put the spin on it of like knowing you, knowing them, like what are you doing on a tactical level to like, like infuse this or get to know those people that maybe you didn't know before, that type of thing. I, I think it's important to... I want things to be done really, really quick. Let's let's make it happen now. Right. Piggybacking off our relationship, you know, conversation a little earlier. It takes time. You got to build in a system. So out of the gate, I, I realized that just like in sales, you've got a, a, 
time map, a daily, weekly, monthly, you've got your goals, you've got your, well, I'm not managing clients anymore. Now I'm managing the business, the parts of the business. So I've got to time map out and be consistent with my communication with each of my team members. So, you know, we've got Mondays, we're, you know, we're, we're doing our quick meet, meet together. Hey, what's going on this week? Every Tuesday, we've got a manager's meeting where everybody gets together. So now instead of me pouring into my clients with that, you know, with my time, now it's me pouring into the, into the different departments. Yeah. Again, it's all the same basic principles and foundations, just a different way of applying the same values in different parts of the business. Yeah. So if you're paying, if you're listening right now and you're paying close attention, what, what we're saying that you need to go do is learn people, learn yourself in the process of learning people. Don't just make it outward, like learn you and then learn people and figure out how those two things to go together. And James says that you'll be successful. <laughs> That's all right. Chad says it as well. I'm, I'll do a book plug. This is the book that I, I give every single one of my salespeople who come on. Okay. And it is, well, I, I hear people, well, I don't like reading. It's 34 pages. Oh, yeah. If you're not willing to invest what, you know, 30 minutes into it, but the art of dealing with people by Great Les book. Giblin. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It'll, it'll change your life and how you deal with people. It's you just said something that it just steals my attention. I got to bring it up. And the art, the book is great. I highly recommend it as well. But you just said, if you're not willing to invest, it's so funny. I have stood in front of, I don't know, at this point, hundreds, thousands, maybe a couple thousand sales reps yep. who are looking to be trained, whether that was me and my own system training them or before when I was working for a company and in a new hire training and there's a hundred reps sitting there. And, and I would use this scenario. I'd say, okay, like, who all wants to make six figures, right? And every hand goes up. Every, yeah. Every hand goes up. And then I'm like, okay, great. Well, it's easy to raise your hand. In the last year, (laughs) how many people have invested, as you said, in yourself, in a book, a course, something regarding communication, sales, training of sorts. And like almost all the hands go down, but there's like, you know, out of a hundred, maybe five or 10 that stay up. Okay, great. And what about in the last six months? A couple of those hands go down. What about in the last month? Every hand goes down. And you're like, okay, so here's what we got to learn how to do. Freaking be a professional, right? How can you as a salesperson or what we're talking to now as business owners. So if you're listening right now and you consider yourself a business owner, an actual professional who's trying to build a seven figure, eight figure company, or maybe you are an eight figure guy and you're trying to blow the roof off. I have no idea, but you have to be a professional, which means what do professionals do? They train repeatedly over and over and over. And even if it means listening to a podcast or getting on a podcast, right? right? Like, we, we are constantly like putting ourselves in new situations and or learning from other people to go to the next level. This is what professionals do. It's in fact, it's one of our core values, gathering the Kings. We're professionals. It's great. It's hard work. It's do what you say. It's integrity, all these things. But it's like, we're, I'm a freaking professional. How can you yeah. demand a certain uh, size of business or back in sales? How can you demand six figures or multiple six figures? If you're not even reading a book, man, like, come on. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, going back to the whole psychology piece too, you're, you're almost kind of subconsciously not expecting success because you're not putting in the work. Yeah. You're not doing exactly. it yourself. So when you're going the extra mile and the extra step and you start doing things that you know the majority's not, you're right. now going to start expecting those results. Man, yeah. I've been doing the reps, man. I better get this sale That's or I so better good. get this, you know, whatever. It, it, as your mindset changes, you're at your, you know, the king, king mentality your expectations change, your expectations change, you, you're going to, you know, you're going to grow. There's, it's, it's an, it's a formula that you, you, it's fail proof. Yeah, it is. It's funny because when, when people think it's 
failing them, it's because the results aren't coming in maybe the exact area that they think. But we both know as salespeople and or even now business owners, it's like you just you just lay down so much seed that it doesn't matter. You know, there's a harvest coming, no, no doubt. And then and then what you just said is I have expectation. Oh my goodness, what a reality that is of like, no, yeah. I did the work. I did the work. It's it's coming up for sure, which is now we're kind of talking, you know, optimist perspective, but it's like if you can have that expectation, it changes how you deal. You, it's so funny you said seeds because every morning I, I send out a you know quote of the day, motivational quote of the day to the whole to the whole company, and just this morning it was by Robert Louis Stevenson. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. Oh yeah. So be be focused on doing the actions, not on what results you're you're getting. And if you're in that, you know. And that is that there is a big difference between that being activity focused versus being, you know, goal focused. I think a lot of people mess up with that. It's like, boom, I finally hit, you know, whatever your, your number is that you want to hit. And then everything falls apart after that versus yep. thinking today, man, I am going to be successful today. If, if I do these, these things, I know if I do these things and I'm going to hit my goal, but that the goal is not the focus, it's the daily activities. Yeah. So even when you're not getting, you know, the big sale or closing the deal or whatever, you know that it's going to come because right. you've been successful today doing those activities. Yeah. I mean, the, the analogy of the farmer or the seed is, is farmer, right? Like we yeah. know this to be true, but what you just said goes back to the seed. It's like the farmer doesn't just throw seed and hope. Yes, there are many factors like there's soil, there's there's yeah. moisture, whether there's precipitation from rain or already moisture in the ground, there's, you know, animals like there's there's all sorts of variables that he doesn't have control yeah. over. However, he has an expectation of a harvest. <laughs> totally. And he generally knows like okay, if I do this, then I'm going to get this. Um so there's even though you you focus on just the the you know, the spreading of the seed and and spreading so much good seed that it's a guarantee that you're going to get yeah. a good harvest. You still expect a harvest. Totally. Totally. Love the perspective. Okay. Let's go practical here inside the business. What decision have you made that has just been an incredible decision? It's led to a bunch of success and we can learn from it. The more I've talked to, to different businesses, you know, other friends with different businesses, the more I'm surprised that there's not really a defined process, a defined sales process. And honestly, I think that's what's been the secret success of Perimeter. I mean, since 2007, started at zero. And, you know, back in, I mean, we're 27 million as of, you know, last year, but most of that growth was all organic. And we grew organically, double digit growth, because we had a process, a repeatable, you know, we knew what results we were going to get, and we just stuck to it. So, I would say the biggest decision is to keep that the the and the bigger your organization gets, the more complicated things are going to get. Yeah. Then the more important it is to keep things simple. So right. remove as much friction as possible, you know, focus on the main things and try and automate as much as you can. But that that's really been our main focus is connecting with new clients, connecting with new businesses here in the Atlanta area. There's thousands of new businesses starting up all the time. So if we just kind of sit back and 
relax with the account base that we've got now, there's always going to be attrition. Our focus is acquisition. Yes, you know, maintaining relationships is still very important, but yeah. that system of going out and getting new businesses and building that account base, that's our, that's our secret sauce. Yeah, it's true. And I'm sure we'll get to this with some of my questions later in the, in the speed round, but I loved how you put the, the depiction. It doesn't mean you don't focus on the client experience. I think we both realize that, yeah. especially in, in the different types of businesses that we have that are like a reoccurring model of sorts, your clients demand a good experience. Otherwise, they're just going to leave. Yeah, right. And so it, you have to do that. And in fact, you have to be obsessed with that, that you can't, we can't just step over that lightly. However, filling the bucket with new opportunities is the lifeblood. Uh, it's what's going to make the difference for the next 27 years, because as you, to your point, everything does have an attrition and it will attrit out to zero at some point. Yeah. Even if that's 30 years in the future, well, what happens after that? It's your responsibility to fill the pipeline now. So that 40, 50, 60 years from now, or just the fact that it can grow, there's more opportunity. Like there's so many other reasons that come into filling the pipeline. So I appreciate that, that kind of depiction of the front and the back of the house there. You want to add yeah. anything else before we move on there? No, no. I mean, you that's it. Just life doesn't stop. Yeah. A lot of times I kind of think we, it's easy for us just to kind of focus, you know, on what we have done, expecting everything to always be what it was and right. life never stops. So things are yeah. always changing. Yeah. And, and as they change, if you're not in the mode, right. If you're not game ready, as they say, focused those, on the daily actions. Yeah. Right? That's what keeps you, that's things. what keeps you in tune. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do that, then you're just smacked upside the head and it hurts bad. Yeah. Where maybe if, if you're still going to get hit, I mean, there's still going to be changes. There's still going to be, you know, the, the black swan events, COVIDs and then the totally. such coming forward. Um, but, but they don't hit as hard if you're, you know, game ready and you're, and you're in shape, you know, for lack of better terms. What about a bad choice? Something that you did that, ooh, bad, bad, bad results, but we can learn from it. So give it to us. Nah, Chaz, we don't got enough time for that, man. Uh, I, so many, I mean, so many silly decisions looking back on, I wish I had done that differently, but I, I think that the realization that nothing, nothing is, is fatal. Nothing is final being humble enough to realize, you know, okay, my bad. Shouldn't have done that. And being willing to set your ego aside and just learn from it and then move on. I think it makes it a whole lot easier when you're operating specifically in this, in this case with your organization, that focusing on relationships instead of that kind of dictatorship, I'm telling you what to do and you better do it. Yeah. Um, when you're giving other people grace in times when you just trip and fall on your face in front of everybody, your team is way more willing to give you grace back yeah. and you're less likely to try and save face, so to speak. So totally. I think that that's really that's the times when I really have kind of screwed up bad or made silly decisions or, right. you know, whatever that your, your teammate and the relationships that you built with your team. Yeah. That's when it's really, really important. Right. What you just said is a huge principle. And so I'm going to press you a little bit here. Cause I want to know of a specific situation or a moment in time that you can share where of course there was a goof on your end, fine, but where you got that reaction from your team, because when you get that reaction, it's not only the seed that you had planted originally as a leader, sure. but it's also the response of the team. So to your team's horn here real quick, tell us yeah. that bad thing that happened. So most recently, we, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to grow and we're setting in some new, new processes. And so, you know, what, one of the one decisions, I made a decision to require a 50% down 
for a customer. They've been a long-term customer. It's a new process that we had, we had put in place. And I had made the decision without necessarily consulting, you know, that, that salesperson, right. So I mean, when you've got, you know, four, four major departments, 60 plus people in the organization, you've got other things flying and hitting you in the face. I, I made a quick decision. This is what we're going to do, you know, and the client pulled the order and it wasn't a small order. So that affected my sales team that affected commissions and the downward spiral um, real I, quick. Well, if I feel, and I feel that we had the relationship to be able to, I mean, I've went guys to, I'm so sorry. I should have consulted with you first. We should have considered, maybe we could have come up with a different solution. Yeah. You know, kind of going back into, I want things to happen right now. It's a new right. process. So that's, that's one of the, thousands of examples I could, I could give, but, but that's one of the more fresher ones. Yeah. No, it's huge. I mean, I think that, I mean, we all, we'd all love to collect a hundred percent up front. (laughs) So I'm not mad at you for trying to get 50 because there's operating costs here, right? Cool, cool store. Cool. And this just happened last week. They actually, they did pull the order and there were some other things going on with, with that client. They had some other internal changes too, but they never placed it with anybody else. It just paused. So we actually wound up getting the order a couple of weeks ago. So, um, that, that was a nice outcome. It didn't hit when we wanted it to, but it's still know, came so, back. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, there's a lot of there. I mean, a lot of emotion when it comes to client money, salespeople money, commission, oh, yeah. projected revenue that doesn't come. Like, there's a lot of a lot of tension on the line that can be created in that type Creating of creating goals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it affects a lot. There's a domino effect there. That's for sure. Okay, well, let's go over to the speed round here. I want to go into KPIs. I want to know if you could only track one thing, James, in that side, in that, in that business, what would it be? Just one. Well, it's probably not going to come as a shocker, but new, new accounts, <laughs> new, new account revenue, new, new dollars. If, if the rest of the, you know, if our drivers are doing what they're supposed to be doing, customer care is doing what they're supposed to be doing. We've got phenomenal drivers and a, an incredible customer care team. Knowing that there's always going to be attrition, if we can do what we can to try and stop as much attrition as possible, right. as long as acquisitions outpacing attrition, you're always going to grow. Right. So new, yeah. new accounts with my, my, in fact, we have a new account contest right now. And just in the month of January, earlier this week, so there's, is, the numbers are probably a lot higher than this, but we already have 147 new accounts wow. in the month of January. So they're, they're chomping at the bit, we've got about six guys, you know, there's a lot of smack talking going on That's and awesome. some, some extra bonus dollars to go along with it. But yeah. Re- recession, what? 23%? No, I, not, not Look, on your end. I, I mean, a lot of people can make excuses, but Mike Everett, the founder of Perimeter, he started in 2007. Yeah. I mean, to, I mean, to everybody, I mean, everybody else's advice was no horrible decision, but Again, we he had a process. He trained me and a couple of other hungry young sales guys on it. And I guess, I mean, if you're looking at the entire, you know, industry as a whole, yeah, it might shrink, but that doesn't mean that you can't get a bigger piece of pie of that. You know, I mean, if we're right. if you're talking to what what is a couple million, what's what's 10 million, 20 million of a huge industry? It's nothing. Oh yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, I heard I right along that same line. This is mindset, obviously, but I heard this a long time ago and it really shook me. Just what you just said, but in a slightly different way. It was like, look, man, you could take you personally, James, 
you could take $10 million out of the flow. Like you could make personally, not sell, personally make $10 million today. Mm. Nobody would have a clue. Yep. Nobody. Now the IRS would probably know, <laughs> but, but outside of them. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, like it wouldn't, it, nobody would be phased. Nobody would give you congratulations. It just, yeah. gone 10 million bucks. Like that would obviously 10 million bucks in an investment right now would pay you a handsome salary for the rest of your life. You never have to do anything ever again. Sure. And it would not mean anything to anybody. That is just like, whoa, it's a big ocean out there. So I wonder how many people listening now, that number kind of makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there was a time when, you know, and, and what is a number anyway? I mean, it's, right. It's your perception. So if, you know, if, if you, if you don't think that it's possible, you haven't spent the time pressing yourself and kind of getting outside of your own comfort zone to figure out how is it possible? Right. And I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I'm excited about connecting with you and a lot of the other people on, on this podcast is being around other people who have been successful and that stretches me. So it shows you what is possible. That's right. So, and that's, and that's our obligation too. It's your obligation to succeed so you can show other people what is possible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's like two sides of that coin that you just described. There's a humility to realize that even though you're successful, we call it grateful, but not Mm -hmm. done. Totally. Like if that's satisfied. Oh yeah. Like, but, but grateful, like satisfied in the moment of like, okay, cool. Content. Fine. But we are far from done. And, and, but then, but then what that leads you into are the rooms or the people, the podcast, the, the training, the learning, because you're humble. And, and then you get to pour out in an authority figure, leadership role, business owner role, whatever, doesn't matter, community, church, marriage, you know, yeah. lots of different facets that you could pour that out. James, what would you recommend? I can, you already gave art of dealing with people or no, the, the other book earlier, but what, 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 what book or, or a resource would you recommend for growth? So specifically in the sales words that work, maybe even anywhere, but words that work is a really, really good book. It brought to my attention. Every word has a connotation and cut open, slice open your sentences that you're deploying to your prospective customers and, and ask yourself, could this be perceived in a negative way? And can you say it a different way? So one thing that I train my, my, uh, my sales reps is you can, our cutoff is at 5 PM. Right. Right. And, or we could say the same thing in a positive connotation. You can order all the way up until 5 PM. That's right. So one way the customer could perceive that as a negative, but I'm saying the same thing and put, so exactly what to say is a great book to kind of, you know, help you think through some of the, you know, the phrases. One of them is this may not be for you, but so immediately you've kind of taken the the salesy nature off of it and given that person an out. So yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good book. I mean, there's a thousand other ones. Yeah. Too, no, you're, I'm, I just, I, I have not heard of that book, but the principles of what you're talking about, I could go, we could go days and I would oh, yeah. just, we probably just, you know, I, I eat of, that kind uh, of stuff up, man. I'm happy to talk about that stuff any, any time. But uh, one thing I do want to say is I, I really didn't used to like reading, you know, ADD is difficult for me, you know, work. <laughs> I, I did not have the greatest, you know, English. Te- I had, a, I had some, some good English teachers, but the majority of them across the board, I just didn't connect with and they didn't, sure. you know, so don't force yourself to read something that you're not enjoying, make it an enjoyable experience, you know, 
So that's for the people who don't want to read. Yeah. Well, and, and to, to put my little two cents on that, because you're hundred percent right. I didn't, I didn't read, I think I read, <laughs> I think I read one book in seventh grade, cover to cover the first Harry Potter. It was my homeroom me, me, middle school. <laughs> yeah. I, I resourcefully made it through the rest of rest of school. You know what I mean by that? But yes, I do. The you know, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. At eighteen, I graduated high school, and I've read hundreds. No exaggeration. Sure. And they're all you. people skill, mindset, growth, leadership. I mean, you name it. And my wife yeah. gives me such a hard time because she's like, "Don't you ever want to sit down and read a story?" I'm like, "No, not really." <laughs> Give me a like a my like, my, my wife to take notes. Yeah, my That's my wife says James. No more books. And she, she's a, she's a librarian. She's a media specialist. So <laughs> you know, I, you got I love her to death. She's, she's amazing. Love you, Joni. But she's like, you have enough books. I've got books, you know, everywhere. And, and I don't finish them and I don't read them cover to cover. And those type of books we're talking about, you can literally pick them up, read it's a couple of sentences, bullet points and five minutes, put it down, chew on it. What did you just, what did you just hear? So audible too. So good. Audible. If you don't want to read. I drive all the time. I can't read audible. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts yeah, on intentionally networking and, and, or masterminding with other entrepreneurs or business owners? My, my dad told me from a really early age, rub, you got to rub shoulders with the people you want to be like. So my dad set a, an awesome example and I didn't have a choice, but I mean, he would make friends and still does to this day, wherever we went yeah, and awesome. he would be goofy and talk in an Australian accent, you know, when we go up to the, you know, to the counter to order something, everybody has their, their name tag. Yeah. Oh, Sally, how are you today? And yeah. so, you know, I, I learned, yeah, from, from an early age, you know, make friends wherever you go and rub, rub shoulders with the people that know who you don't want to be like, and know who you do want to be like, everybody you meet has some value to, to bring to you. And uh, yeah, and make be make an intentional effort to to try and spend time around people you want to be like. And I did notice too when my self image was was not really that good. People who are successful want to spend time with other people and want to help other people. They're the most gracious people ever. So yeah, it's the king mindset, right? Like once totally. you realize. It's part of it. It's part of who we are now is to, it's part of the fulfillment. It's selfish of my fulfillment to pour into you. That's not what we're thinking, obviously, but no, not at all. It's just part of the game. Like, it's just like, this is a chip that's on the table now. And I play it because man, probably like you said, most likely someone poured into us totally. And, and, and you got that little humility factor, that grateful, but not done perspective. And it's like, you know what? I see, I see me in that younger guy, or I see me in that younger gal. Yeah, there's there's no better feeling than to watch other people succeed and that's right. and 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 hoping that you had a small part, you know, that's right. in in that success. That's right. I got a I've got a question got a for question. you here around family. I'm going to I'm going to give you a little U curve here in the story before we before we finish, but <clears throat> there's there's a there's a storyline in entrepreneurs, presidents, CEOs, business owners, whatever their title is, where we're obsessed, right? We're obsessed about sales process. We're obsessed with growth. We're obsessed with the teams. We're obsessed with, you know, all of our people. We're obsessed with our business. That's why we're successful. And there's a lot of people out there that talk about balance and being able to kind of, you know, have both of, you know, your family and your kids and your wife and your business and all this stuff. Like we want to, you know, tightrope it and balance it. And I just say foo-foo. 
Like that's garbage. Throw it out the window. I don't believe in that. What I do believe in though is obsession, right? That's why we're successful in business is obsession. And so, or burning desire as, as you might read. Totally. Rich. So yeah. how have how you have been able to keep the burning desire in your marriage and, or even with your kids as well as the business at the same time? You, you, it, it becomes a part of you. I don't know. Like everything that we talk about. I mean, I, my wife is amazing. And if I'm having challenges or troubles, or what do you think about this? Or, I mean, it, it's a part of our, I mean, it is who I am. I mean, I, I am in office supplies and it's, it's because of that. That's our family is, it's where, it's why we live where we live and, you know, have what we have and, you know, and, and we, and we appreciate that. So it's, it has also helped bring my, my, me and my wife closer together too. So when I bring my wife along, you know, with me, you know, it, it brings us closer together when I'm talking about business stuff and she doesn't, nor, nor should I expect her to know every nuance and everything about it, but she's, she has a great intuition that I wish I, you know, had, had probably paid a whole lot more attention to earlier on in our marriage, but she's able to see things that I'm not, you know, even having no idea really about, you know, business per se. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, yeah, you're right. There's, there really is no, you know, bifurcation between, you know, personal and then work. I'm one person. So what happens over here does, whether I like it or not, does affect, you know, this over here. So, and and vice versa. So do you have any uh, practicals on the family side that have helped you, even though you're still maybe the same person in both sides that have helped you, you know, I guess have the same importance on that, on that side of the coin. So we, we do something as a family and it's, my, it was my wife's idea and her lead, and we have grown to love it as a family, but we have a family meeting every single Sunday we sit down. And so we've got three kids, six, four, and two. And so when our two-year-old naps on Sundays, that's when, you know, and so we're starting to teach the skills to, you know, our, our two boys have goals. What did you do good? What did you not do good? this week? What are we going to work on this week? All right. Where's everybody going to be this week? You know, what do we need to plan for? What about dinners, meals? So from the, from the family side, I mean, you have to bring that, that has helped bring order into this total chaotic life and, and communication between my, you know, my wife and, and I, and that's, that has probably been the best, the best thing for us over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's huge. We do the same thing, a couple of different variations of such, but yeah, man, super, super and cool. Also cool that you bring the kids into it. We do totally. the same. Yeah. I'm nine, six, three and seven months. So same thing, seven month old napping. Ooh. We've got yes. the other three and we're like, okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. In fact, actually try this. This is something cool that my wife came up with. Okay. We stand up in front of the family and they're holding something, you know, not, not a mic, but it's something that right. represent a mic and we're there on stage. Right, Love they're it. public speaking, and they're giving the, it. like their goals or their 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 report for the week. Right? Yeah, <clears throat> but they got they got to do it man. in a public public speaking setting. So that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. all right, and and being intentional about creating the opportunities to do that. Yeah. So my my son's in karate and, and and Cub Scouts, so he's he's got an opportunity to do that, but also to do it do it at home. I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah, well, it's a safe environment. Number one. Yeah, and they can be nervous, and they can work through that now at six, as opposed to, you know, later 
when, when they're trying to run a business because right. I don't know about you, but uh, we're going to probably produce some pretty intellectual children if we're doing this type of stuff with them at six. That's you know my I mean? goal. That's my goal. That's right. All right. Last question here for you, James, if you could whisper in the younger James's ear, what would you say? You can do more than you think you can. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't put limitations on, on what you think you can do because you just may surprise yourself and change your perspective on failure. Good. It's good. What do you think today would look like if the younger James knew that? Ah, man, it, I don't know. And that's, that's kind of what drives me and motivates me today, right? Get uncomfortable now, get outside your comfort zone. Uh, So uh, sometimes the, the, the practicality or the, you you know, stop planning, just do it. Right. So Time to go, baby. Yeah, All right. Man. Well, James, you've been incredible. I do want to give the listeners an opportunity to connect with you. So number one, maybe they need office supplies. How can they find you? Absolutely. <laughs> number yeah. two, uh, if they're a business owner, they just want to pick your brain. How can they find you to do that as well? And yeah, I, I have so enjoyed talking with you too, Chaz. I'm, I'm so energized. I'm ready to you know, go make some phone calls and talk to some new people too. So thanks for having <laughs> me the on. Deal. <laughs> so no, any, any, anywhere na- nationwide, feel free to reach out to us, perimeteroffice.com. And uh, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, James Gilman. Okay. So would would love to, would love to chat with anybody in the area about, about business or anything else. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes for the listeners to be able to find and connect with you. You have been cessational. We appreciate just your, just your value, number one, but then also just your time, just being willing to serve and give, like we talked about earlier, that King yeah. mindset. It really is appreciated. So thank you for being here. Good we wish you nothing but blessing yeah. in your family, on your team, all that you put your hand to thank in 23. You. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks, Chaz. Take care, man. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.